Welcome everyone to episode two of Circle Back Podcast, uh, the show where two great friends get together, talk about video games for about an hour or so. Uh, as always, I'm Dan Lamarca, and I'm joined by Dan Dufernoy. Hello. And uh, Dan, I want to kick it off today by just saying, what have you been playing? Uh, one game uh, that I've been kind of dabbling in. I kind of missed it when it came out. Kind of flew under the radar for me. Uh, Prey came out earlier this year. Um, sci-fi exploration kind of game. Yeah, Prey, Prey is a fantastic game. Yeah, it definitely, really, really good. It comes from that lineage of like Bioshock and yeah. Deus Ex. And uh, I think we're going to have some things to say about it come game of the year time. No, definitely. Sure. I, I love it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too far into it, but that's because I've been really enjoying the world, exploring every nook and cranny. Yeah, but, uh, the fun of that game for me, for sure, is the exploration and the little side stories throughout mm-hmm. um the overarching story has some interesting parts i think the opening is super strong i think it kind of falls off we'll talk again we'll talk more we when got, the year yeah comes. we got more to go but i gotta say my my first impressions about five to ten hours in uh you know you're a big fan i like it i really really enjoy it cool. i really do too much combat though right i can't those phantoms are tough man i just think it has way too much of an emphasis on combat those phantoms are tough but anyway, we'll save that. I'm also, I'm also, like, I'm also, it took me seven hours to, like, find, like, the glue gun. And I know it was, like, one of the first things, I know it was one of the first things. You get that, that in, like, a half hour normally. <laughs> like, I have all these glue canisters. Where's, what? what? Yeah. So I went all the way back and I found it, but. <laughs> so it was a little, the game was a little tough. Yeah, I think so. At first, okay, you be. know. <laughs> all right. I, I think we both, a game that we've also both been playing um, is Super Mario Odyssey. Oh man, definitely. A pretty fantastic Mario game. Oh my goodness! I mean, I definitely. Maybe it's too early to say, but I would. I would say it's one of the best Mario games, top tier, definitely. I think you might be right. Maybe we'll settle that out another time. All right, let's see. I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, Odyssey is fantastic. It's just it's one of those games where the whole time you're playing, it's just like it smiles on your face. <laughs> yeah. It's oh like man. So much fun. A lot of cool little surprises in that game. And you know what I love about it, honestly. They talk so much about the hat throwing mechanic and like turning it to stuff. And that's really just like a puzzle solving thing. It's not like a huge gameplay thing. No. I was afraid that it was going to be like, oh, it's going to rely on this gimmick. And but yada, how many yada. times is it just so cool? Certain characters when you that can, you turn into. When you can turn into certain things, you're like, wait a second, can I? And you throw your hat at it. And you're you like, can turn no into, yeah. fucking way. <laughs> yeah, that game's awesome. Some of the best music in a Mario that one, game. Uh, one of my favorite is uh, The Forgotten Isle. Oh my man! The Forgotten Isle. Which one is that? Uh, I don't want to have to sing in front of in front of everyone. That's the you one don't where have to sing it. I mean, <laughs> describe the location. That's the one where um, your ship uh, gets spoiled. Bowser like crashes <laughs> your ship, and like it's like very swampy, very Donkey Kong ish. I don't know what you're talking about. Give me some more. Give me some more things in that level that yeah. I can identify. One, all right, so there's one where there's like what's the boss? There's, there's a, a, there's a moon, actually there's no boss. There's a moon and like a cage. You can turn. You know those like the, oh, rig, the wigglers that you can I know what you're talking about. put you're your talking about the one with the purple stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can turn into like the wiggler kind of things, and yes. you can stretch stretch out over you areas. Become, that's the first time that I was able to become the thing that flies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I remember that one. That's yeah, just that's one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah, that one definitely slid on my radar. Was yeah, that oh, one so good. Oh, I love it. I, I spent a lot of time on that one. The best that one to one. me is the Steam Gardens, the one oh, with the, cool one too, oh my yeah. God, that music. Oh my gosh, so good. It's so got like good. some freaking <laughs> surf rock. That game. Oh man, that game beautiful. Is something else. Beautiful. And the, one of the best post-credits things oh, definitely. that I've ever oh, seen man. in games. Oh so. man. Play that game, beat yeah. the game. Won't spoil that yet. 
Uh, maybe we'll talk about it sometime soon. Definitely. But, Play the uh, game. Another game that I've been playing is a game that came out earlier this year, Near Automata. Um, this game, me and you started together, started actually. Together, yeah. And then I started to really like it, and I was like, Dan, we can't play this for an hour a week because I'm going to need to talk about this for Game of the Year. <laughs> and you're like, oh. The little old me. I understand. No. <laughs> Get kicked to the curb. No, but Nier... How do I describe Nier? Nier is kind of like an action game in the vein of like a Bayonetta. Devil May Cry, it's by Platinum, but the thing about it is it's not focused on combos and stuff. It doesn't even have a combo meter or anything, but it has the, you know, heavy, light, light, heavy, you know, like different combos, and you're this robot, this android, that is sent to Earth, that and Earth has been overrun by like it, it looks like no humans have lived there in a long time. It's like all grassy and overrun. It's got cool like dilapidated skyscrapers that have like trees growing through them. It's like really I like the aesthetic a lot. It reminds me of Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, a lot. definitely. Um, but it so you're this android. You get sent to Earth basically to wipe out all the machines they call them. And the machines are basically simple robots. That's the idea of them. Is like they're like very simple you know you, you as androids are going you're with your sidekick you and this guy are basically saying oh these machines they don't know anything like you know let's kill them and then they start saying things like they'll say like no please don't hurt me you know like robots and your character is like why are they acting yeah. like this and your sidekick Ninas is like oh they're just mimicking human behavior you know they don't they don't know what they're saying. They're just saying things. And so the whole time you're thinking like, oh, geez. Yeah, am I doing the right thing? Yeah, am I doing the right thing? It's very Blade Runner. Um, it's just like, yeah, is this yeah. the right thing to it, do? It has, it has a lot of good... Um, Moral implications. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff. And I will say, so big big shtick to this game is that you do multiple playthroughs. And um, so I'm on my third playthrough right now. Um, the whole idea of the game is you beat it. You get some like good story beats along the way, but the first playthrough is not that interesting. It it has interesting elements, but it's not like the main draw. Then you play through the second playthrough as a different character. And you start learning more about the world and what happened to the humans and then you start your third playthrough and like everything is thrown in the air and it's like the storytelling in this game is really really good and it it's one of the few games that is the story is unique to playing it, and I, I can't really spoil. I'll spoil that more in our game of the year talks. Right. But right now, I can't really say too much because I don't want to ruin it. But a lot of games is like you say to yourself, "Hey, this is a great story. It didn't have to be a game. You know, like I could have watched a movie. Like you know, a lot of people say that about smaller indie games and stuff like that. Like gameplay wasn't. This is like." I'm not saying it because the gameplay is fun. I'm saying it because there are things that you do in the game that bring you into the story physically by holding a controller. It's really, really interesting, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Dude, cool, Either way, man, yeah. I, I, it's going to end up being pretty high on my list. Like I, I said, what I played of it, I absolutely yeah, absolutely enjoyed it. It's very cool, and uh, we'll, we'll touch more on that awesome, man. later in the year. Um, Let's talk about the big, the big game that oh, you and I both finished recently. Very excited. 
uh, Wolfenstein to the new Colossus. Oh, man. So I'm going to let you start. Talk about this game because I I played it. Um, I pretty much beat it in like three days after it, it came out. It was super quick. I, yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so let's hear what you have to All say. right. Well, so I played the original Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein 3D. Loved it. Loved it. Loved mm-hmm. it. It was one of the games of my childhood. Um, I didn't play the New Order. I missed out on the New Order. Didn't play it. Um, but I took your advice. You know, read up on the New Order. Just kind of get the backstory. This game, uh, Wolfenstein 2: The New Colossus, is really really good. In the beginning of the game, they sort of Skim through all the events of the second game of uh, the New Order, kind of fill you in um, on what you might have missed, and you're just put into it. Um, First-person shooter, um, but there's just so much to it, so much to it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. You're B.J. Blazkowicz, the guy from mm-hmm. all the games, and you're an a- you're pretty much an action hero, mm-hmm. killing Nazis. And, yeah. And well, yeah. The the whole the whole um shake of this game is that it you are this action hero killing Nazis but you start out in a very vulnerable state right you know um, I played the new order and where it leaves off it basically directly picks up in the new one like literally directly after and the events that happen in the first hour of this game so it's not a spoiler to say you wake up as BJ in in a wheelchair. Yeah, you're in a wheelchair, right? yeah. So you're this, like, famous tough guy that, you know, kicks ass, and now you're, like, totally emasculated. You can't even walk mm-hmm. on your own. Like, it's, like, such a... It's really well done. And every t- and every right, your health just completely keeps going down. Yeah, like, well, you have... The thing that's cool, and it's, like, kind of silly, but I really like it, in the first... In the New Order, your max health is 100. In the New Colossus... You start out your max health is 50 mm-hmm. you know so it's like it's kind of silly but it's like they're kind of trying to tell you in in the actual gameplay like, like, on your HUD, like not in a good place he's not himself he's right. not fully up to what he should be right um so we're not going to spoil any of the specific story beats right now um maybe we'll do a spoiler cast or something or we'll just touch on it in game of the year but what uh, i do want to talk about is the way that this game handles its different tones, mm-hmm. right? So, Wolfenstein, to give you the baseline of the new Colossus, it's like a pretty straightforward machine games game where it's you can dual wield guns, you're like all out shooting, you know, shooting yeah, Nazis, running, like you're just running through. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you don't know anything about the newer Wolfenstein games, it's basically flashes forward after the new order and the nazis have taken over right it's America. 1961 uh the nazis won world war ii yeah, and they're and occupying the united states yeah. so you get you know that that itself lends lends us to some really interesting scenarios where you can you know the 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 one of the more interesting ones early on is when you go to roswell and it's like this Americana, yeah, like it's Main Street, freaking scary, and there's Ku Klux Klan members yeah, just on the street. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's terrifying. Because of course they would be the ones that would be welcoming Nazi rule. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like there's a lot of. And again, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get too much into it specifically. Right. But I do want to say, uh, it handles comedy and serious moments. So it goes back and forth between being really funny, 
really like it has some of the more like laugh out loud. Like, oh yeah. Honestly, there's one scene in particular that we're not going to spoil here. And it was lit. I I purposefully was dying over and over again to have BJ redo the. Like, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking. About. If, if anybody that knows it, you'll know what I'm saying when I say you is you get to choose certain dialogue options, right? Mm-hmm. I'll say I that. know exactly where. Yep. And I kept towards the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, kept yeah. doing it on purpose because I'm like, <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Like the, the I think the voice acting in this game is oh, superb. Man. Yeah. And it, he really delivers those lines perfectly. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, basically, it, it goes from being a comedy to an action movie to, like, an actual dark comedy where it's, right, like... Right, and it's got some, serious, yeah. serious implications and but serious... It, what I think it does well is it it takes the, like, it, it, you always run into the fear of, like, we're either going to make Nazis look way too incompetent, way too competent, and then, therefore, we're like heightening them and saying, like, "Wow, these were these people were great. They're admirable because they're so smart and they're so good, you know." Or you say, "Hey, we're gonna take Nazis and make them look like a bunch of buffoons because fuck Nazis, you know? Like, yeah. we don't want." This game does the good thing of like sometimes you're laughing at them, and other times you're terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Frau Angle, the main villain. She's terrifying. But there are certain scenes where she's doing things that are so, like, right in the beginning of this game, she's doing things that are so, like... Yeah, atrocious and just evil. Yeah, like, evil, but in a way that it's... It's it's almost like... Like, it's psychotic. You well, know what I mean? What's sick about it is the enjoyment that she gets she out of... She loves it. She yeah. loves Pure blood violence. and she loves... But, yeah. like, not, like, violence in the way that... An action movie would be like, oh, that guy just got his head blown off and you never see him again. It's like, they linger on oh, she likes vicious torture. things. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and she revels in it, yeah. loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then it, it has things like drug sequences with this <laughs> yeah. guy who are hilarious. Or there's, there's just so many moments in this game that, and I think it's paced really well. I think it goes from being, it goes from quiet, like, really endearing moments to horrific moments where, like, people that you care about die. No, exactly. Yeah. To hilarious moments, like I'm talking about. So it's like, the fact, I I don't know if I've ever played a game that can carry that many tones Mm -hmm. well, because most movies can't carry that many tones well, you know what I mean? But in games, I feel like we, we, oftentimes we talk about, like, you know, the great stories in games, right? But a lot of those stories are very one note even if they're great stories like you may like the story that's laid out and the characters are well written but i don't think i've ever seen a game that succeeds on swift switching between tones as deftly as they do i think this is like a superb and example of storytelling exactly there's moments where especially uh, i found where bj you know where he goes spoilers where he goes back to his hometown and like you know he's having oh flashbacks God, yeah. of his childhood and his childhood friend and then you know his mom who he loves and misses mm-hmm. um, and his dad who's just evil and, and is a racist asshole yeah and it's just how you know he grew up and we talked about this beginning through most of the game BJ's his health is is failing and mm-hmm. it's just him sort of contemplating okay well is this it you know kind of yeah, there's just a, a lot going point, on there's just early on he basically says i don't have long to live yeah yeah i guess not a spoiler but i don't have long to live so he his outlook on life is like what yeah, this you is, know yeah. 
It's kind of all or nothing, kind of. Yeah. You know. But again, this is a good jumping off point for what what I want to talk about, which is like stories and games in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as Wolfenstein is concerned, we got to talk about whether we're going to do a specific spoiler cast for it, or if you just want to touch on all this in Game of the Year. I I might want to do a full episode on it because I think there's so many moments that we. I think we could. I I think Wolfenstein. uh, Yeah. Excellent, excellent game. All right. So what I want to basically say is. I want to throw out The Last of Us, right? The Last of Us, I I personally identify as one of my favorite games of all time. Right? Amen. Definitely. It's incredible. The storytelling in that game is great. But what I say, when, I'm, when I talk about Wolfenstein, you know, it seems hyperbolic for me to be like, this is one of the best stories in games. I mean that in the, not in like the content in the story. Like I'm not talking about the plot. I'm talking about the way that it can shift tones and earn it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it. There are there are things that are absolutely ridiculous that could never happen, and yet somehow you're like, yeah, I love yeah, it. I'm yeah, buying yeah. into this because they write such a well written story. So that's why if you if you put the story of The Last of Us next to the story of Wolfenstein, you're gonna say The Last of Us is way better because you're reading the plot of it and you're saying. This is a great story. I'm mm-hmm. on the edge of my seat. Like, you know, certain things that have, you know, in The Last of Us, which is a four-year-old game, so I'm going to spoil it. That m- moment when Joel falls on the spike. Oh, man, yeah. And then it flashes forward to winter. Right. And Ellie's, and Ellie's on herself, her own, yeah. And you think Joel's dead. And so the plot points are there. The story is incredible. The Last of Us I would see as a movie. The Last of Us, you, I feel like the, if they were going to take a video game and Absolutely. make it into it, it's, it's pretty much well, a movie. But I could see that for Wolfenstein too. But what I'm getting at especially is what The Last of Us has one tone mm-hmm. and it nails it. And it's not about... It's about the story itself, not the storytelling and the ability of... The re- you know what I mean? Like, the story itself is excellent, but the way that it's executed, I feel like Wolfenstein is head and shoulders above most of these games that we hold as, like, the great stories and games because it can do so many different things well. Mm-hmm. And you see other games try this. Like, we talk about Mass Effect, the series that we really love, where they have great characters, they have a good overarching story, but it's like when they try to do certain things, not everything works. Yeah. The scope of it is huge, so it's forgivable. But certain side quests fall flat. The romance scenes fall flat. You know what I mean, though? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it does not nail everything it does. And something that does nail everything it does is The Last of Us, but it only does one thing. Mm-hmm. Wolfenstein does a lot of different things, and it nails every bit of it, everything about it. I don't know how you feel about it. That's that's how well, I feel. I, I would because I, I don't want to. It sounds like I'm like saying Wolfenstein is the greatest game of all time, <laughs> and I'm not. But I'm so impressed with the way it tells its story, and I, I want to know. What you well, think. no, I I think I definitely agree with that. There are moments in Wolfenstein because you know I know you love Doom that just came out last mm-hmm. year, and there and there are moments in Wolfenstein where it's very much, you know, you can just imagine you know Rambo mm-hmm. breaking into a place and just killing everything inside, and there are those sort of moments which is very over the top action. Mm-hmm. And there are moments where, like, you're close to tears, you know, where it's just like, yeah. oh, my goodness, like... But it plays with your expectations of that. There's one scene in particular that I'm not going to spoil where 
it totally messes with you and it, it makes you feel like, yeah, I am the badass that can break free and kill all these people. Right. I, and I then know. it's like, yep. but yep. but then it's like, no, you're not. You're not, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a person. Oh, man, we got to do a spoiler cast. So yeah, we're, we're going to do these it. Things. But uh, what I basically want to end on is there are things in Wolfenstein gameplay-wise and mechanics-wise that frustrate the hell out of me. I started the game on like a, a medium. I played the game on normal, the whole time. Yeah, normal. Yeah, what was it? Bring them on or Yeah, I played it on that the entire time, and I regretted it. I really did because the gameplay. I, I think I told you before. If it had the shooting and the gameplay of Doom, twenty sixteen Doom, is it twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen? Twenty sixteen is coming last year. If it had the gameplay of twenty sixteen Doom, this might be one of my favorite games of all time because it is that good of a story. But the, how many times have I went into like a, an encounter with a small amount of health and it autosaves and I'm, I'm just frustrated yeah. over and over and over again because the shooting is not as good. The indicators of where you're getting shot from are terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your health meter declining is there's no indication and that's the thing it does that all the time anyway but, most yeah of the but game. i'm saying you have no idea you're getting shot and the numbers are just going down it's not like the screen's blinking red there's an arrow point and i get it it's going for the old school aesthetic the old school mechanics i'm fine with it for the most part but some of that is unforgivable yeah. where you have to pick up the armor by hand a lot of times you try to walk over it and it doesn't work you have to look down so i'm getting shot at i have to look at the ground yeah, to pick up a helmet yeah. to get armor it's like it's so close to being like this masterpiece that I absolutely adore. But I think the gameplay does not detract from the story because no, I mean, the both story, come out come super positive on it. Yeah. And I, I don't have enough good things to say about the story. I have not, I have not seen a game handle a subject matter like that. Yeah. As well as. You yeah. Know. And, and so getting back to now that we're kind of, we'll still talk about Wolfenstein, but I want to talk about it in the context of more about like stories and games in mm -hmm. general. Uh, there are games that do handle stories particularly well, and I think the few that I want to talk about is Firewatch and Gone Home mm -hmm. in this specific context, because those are two stories that also touch on different tones right. in games, and they handle them pretty well. You know, Firewatch does the thing where it you, sometimes you think it's a horror game, the dialogue between these characters really fleshes out the world. The way it opens with you figuring out what happened to your wife. Right. You know, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And that does a good job of saying, hey, we're tackling some serious topics. And we're also being goofy mm -hmm. and a little silly sometimes. Because that's what real life is, you know? Like, it really... There's a, there's a scope. There's yeah, a, yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. It's a spectrum in everyday conversation that real human beings have. Mm -hmm. You're not talking about, when we're talking about The Last of Us, you never see Joel and Ellie being like, <laughs> yeah. but not even that, it's like, or like doing just dumb shit because they're like, oh, we're a real serious game. Yeah. And I don't want to shit on the game, I love the game. But it that's where these games separate themselves. And I think that's why I'm seeing like Firewatch and Gone Home are like, like trying to push this medium forward and Wolfenstein grabbed it and was like, I know what you're trying to do and I'm going to bring it even. They even went further with it uh -huh. where they have some scenes that are hilarious and it just really encompasses all these different things. Um, 
Whereas what I'm talking about with The Last of Us, I think another good example of a Last of Us style thing is Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. The, right, the, another fantastic game, yeah. Yeah, it's a great game, but it, again, is very one note. So your argument would be like games like Last of Us and Brothers one-dimensional, whereas yes. Wolfenstein, Gone Home, Firewatch and, and, have been able to... Yeah, and what I've said before is, when you're talking about the actual through line of the game, the plot of mm-hmm. the game, I wouldn't argue that The Last of Us isn't the best one out of all the ones we're talking about. Because mm-hmm. it, it is. But the it, it's uh, these other games, like Firewatch, Wolfenstein, Gone Home, they're ushering in and saying, we can tell adult stories that are complex. Yeah. And... That's what I'm trying to say, is that there's not... Because Brothers and Last of Us, they'll make you cry. They're really oh, good stories. And, but they're, they're great, and they're really interesting. Yeah. But they're, it's very much... It's almost like they're a little like exploitative of your emotions. You know what I mean? Where like... Feel sad, feel sad, feel sad. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas these games that I'm talking about, like Firewatch and Wolfenstein, it's like... You might you might feel differently than somebody else about it. Mm-hmm. Like when you're talking about the overall tone of the game, two people might get totally different perspectives of it because they have that many different tones that are well done. Well, that's so funny that you say that, especially with Firewatch. I was just talking to a buddy of mine about um, his favorite game of the years because we've been talking about favorite game of the years, and he's he was talking about last year how he so much he loved Firewatch and how mm-hmm. Firewatch for him was actually for him the emotion that he felt was like tense like he felt tense the entire time being in the woods by yourself and i never thought of it that way i always thought oh man it's like a beautiful world and there's just you know human things going on and oh man you know all these like things but at the end of the day you know it was like a very serene sort of experience Mm -hmm. it's like no man like that game that entire game i was on edge i was just like i never thought of it that way you know i never yeah well i think to to bring gone home and and firewatch into it i'm not just saying that they are tackling multiple tones because they're both fake horror games you know what i mean <laughs> they're both like uh surprisingly not horror games yeah. like I, that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying like in, in going home for example when you're exploring the house you're finding some stuff out about your mom mm-hmm. who's flirting with this guy at work and she might have feelings for him, and he invited her, you know, they went to a concert together, like, you're finding all these real human issues, and also you're finding your sister's, like, zines about, like, with, like, cassette tapes, you know, where where you're hearing, like, this punk rock music, where it's like, you're kind of just, like, jamming out, like, oh, man, like, there's any SNES cartridges, like, how cool (laughs) is this, you know what I mean, and it's, because that spectrum is reality you know what i mean like you're going you're you're actually trying to bring in a a realism of how the world works a game that i'm going to talk about that i know you haven't played yet is a night in the woods i've not played that yet that is on my list for this year before this is in this conversation that we're having right now a night in the woods is the perfect example and, and I know you won't have much to say about it. I'll just talk briefly about it. It, in what I'm saying where it has comedic moments and it has grave moments, basically A Night in the Woods deals with mental health issues, but it deals with them with a group of teenagers, maybe not, I think they're maybe 20 or something like that, 19. It deals with a group of them and how they would talk to their friends about their issues. You know what I mean? 
that's the kind of stuff that I love to see in games, and that's what Wolfenstein succeeds with. Because, you know, without spoiling too much, in A Night in the Woods, you're playing as a character that came home from college, and you don't really know why. Like, she dropped out. You know, you don't get... But you get the idea of the way that her parents are, like, talking to her. Hey, are you doing all right? Yeah. Like, you you have a sense that something happened. But your friends will be, like, talking about some dumb stuff and then be like, no, but really, are you okay? You know what I mean? But it's like... But it's like what a real interaction would be like. It's very realistic in that sense. And that's the multiple tones that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You never get the... The basically the dichotomy between friends being stupid together and friends being genuinely concerned about each other in a lot of games. And I think Wolfenstein has that at its heart. It's doing a lot with its story. You know what I mean? And that's you know that's why that's why I think it it does really really well. I think for me first, uh, when it comes to games, for me it's always story first, and that's mm-hmm. why I think why. I take I could take or leave the gameplay. I could take or leave the the shooting, whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was oh, when's the next cutscene? Oh, when's the next you know story point? When's that? And, yeah. and that's what kept me kept me trudging along. But that game, so especially well Wolfenstein, is like I said before, it can be a real slog to yeah. play. And it can be. I mean, so, there's moments where even I had to switch. You know, just to get past the point, I had to put the difficulty down just because there's yeah. so many guys in these huge mech suits that I just I can't. Yeah. Get past. There's one especially egregious moment late where there's two giant, really yeah, tough guys I, mm-hmm. at the very end. It took me like so many tries just to get And you're on them. the easiest difficulty. Yeah. And it was I'm telling you, terrible. this game, it, it's it's not well balanced and there's issues with it. I'll be really interested to see where it falls on our game of the year list mm-hmm. because I'm super high on the story and super low on the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Let's move on. Uh, another topic that I had been thinking about lately is as we're going into game of the year time um i recall really and this is like when did destiny 2 come out a couple months ago yeah i really loved playing destiny 2 and once i was done with it i never thought about it again and i actively consider that that game where does that stand on my games of the year it's not even close. Really? And I wanted to kind of dive into why that is, psychologically. Like why? All right. I, I just don't know. If I played a game for 80 hours with my friends and I loved it. Yeah, you'd think, hey, man, that's got to be top 10. But I don't really give a shit about it. Okay. And it's weird. So what, basically what I'm getting at with this is how do we decide? It's basically like enjoyment versus criticism, mm-hmm. right? Like if I really love a game while I'm playing it, why wouldn't that game be super high on my list? You know what I mean? Like, because what I always think about is when you're talking about movies, right? You're talking about movies that I enjoyed this year. I loved Spider-Man Homecoming and I loved Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. Those are my big action movies that I love. Right. Are your summer blockbusters or... And at the end of the year when Oscar season comes around, neither of them are going to be nominated at all. Yeah. And I know that, and I expect that, because there are also Oscar, you know, relevant movies that I also really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I think Blade Runner could be up there, but uh, but there are a lot. There is a distinction between, like, you can enjoy a movie just as much. You can enjoy an action movie just as much as you enjoy a serious movie, and one of them 
for some reason, you're just like, hey, that movie is one of the great movies, even though right. I'm not, and you I can kind of you can might have push it because to the, you're yeah. criticizing it. You're looking at it and you're like. At least I am. Some people out there, they watch a movie and they're like, hey, right. that's my favorite movie of the year. And there, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But we're talking about that specific aspect of like criticism. Because mm-hmm. when I watch a movie, I will criticize it. I can't help it. I, I, I think about the dialogue and if it's realistic or not. I think about the, the, you know, the actual direction, the camera angles, yeah. the cinematography. Like I think about all these things, acting performances. And I take that into consideration on what you know, when I'm talking about what I think were the best movies or games. What would you enjoy, you know? And but it's not I think best, there's a difference. But it doesn't, when I'm making those kind of lists, I don't care what I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what the best one that I've seen. Because I get an enjoyment from the criticism. All right, yeah. As much as I do from just sitting there and smiling and saying, this movie's awesome, right. I love this big set piece. So, I don't know, maybe I'm pretentious, but... No, 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 but I feel I, the same way. So, like, I saw Spider-Man and I thought it was good, I enjoyed it. But then again, I love Get Out, and Get Out made me think, and Get yeah. Out made me... And I would say that Get Out was a better movie, because no Get it. Out was a movie and where once more... it's over, you talk about and yeah. you, you know, Spider-Man, but watching you go, the movie, oh, that's cool. But watching the Maybe movie... Maybe pretentious, though. I don't know. I'm watching Spider-Man, and I'm like, I'm really enjoying this movie. Yeah. I didn't t- think about it much after. Yeah. It's the same idea when I'm talking about Destiny 2. I enjoyed it while I was playing it, and then I didn't really think about it much after. And so... I, that that's obviously a reflection on me as a person right. as I like to ruminate on some deeper ideas sometimes but when a video so video games are unique because they're an active experience rather than a passive experience like watching a movie right mm-hmm. so when you're playing a video game you need to be enjoying the act of playing it right right so this is where we talk about gameplay versus the story so if I'm playing a game like Wolfenstein and I don't like playing it, but I love the story, then I'm at, a, at, at an impasse because I'm like, how am I going to say that this is one of my favorite games of the year yeah. when I really didn't enjoy playing it? That's where I'm getting at with this topic is like, is it because video games have so many different ways of enjoying them? Is that what it is? Because there's a game like Mario... Yeah, Super Mario Odyssey will be way up there on my list. That's purely because of the gameplay. Yeah, and that's quite a conundrum because I don't think it's as absolute. Maybe maybe we think that it's absolute, but I guess it really isn't. You know, I don't know. I think I think it goes case by case, obviously. But when we're talking about the overall landscape of like when we're looking at all these different websites, you know, your Gamespot, IGN, right? You know, Giant Bomb, all these guys, they're making top ten lists at the end of the year best games of the year destiny will probably be on those lists. destiny 2 will be on some of those lists but it won't be on all the lists Mm -hmm. and when you're looking at that's why i'm trying to 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 break it down as video games as a medium in comparison to other mediums because when you look at the best movies of the year list if you're looking at real critics they're gonna have very similar lists to each other Mm -hmm. Whereas video game lists are going to be very different. Yeah. So that's why that's pretty much what I'm trying to ask is why is it? What what is that about video games that makes it so much more subjective? I don't know. Maybe in a way, video games are there's there's quite a different scope of video gamers and video game interests. I feel like with a movie mm-hmm. 
not that movies follow a, a specific formula, but there is some sort of formula where everybody walking into that movie shares the experience, shares the tone. Whereas video games, especially video games nowadays, there's so many different avenues, and video games are so big now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not not even just in popularity, but also I mean like the games the themselves. Them, yeah. You know, like you know, games huge, yeah, huge but, worlds, huge landscapes, yeah. huge characters. There's so there's so much room for for differentiation. There's so many different. Yeah, well, I think what it comes down to is there's when you're talking about a video game, you can play a game like we said, Gone Home. Mm-hmm. What is it? Two hours? Yeah. Three hours? Or you could play. I'm 35 hours into Nier, you know, so they have wildly different ranges of experience, so that that's definitely a factor, I would think, but the other thing is, I think there's more ways, there's more avenues to enjoy a game than there is to enjoy something like a movie or a book, right, because if I'm, if I'm playing Assassin's Creed, I don't enjoy that game very much, because I don't enjoy the minute-to-minute gameplay. And the story is not in- interesting enough to me for me to slog through the gameplay like I did with Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody that enjoys that gameplay, Assassin's Creed's their game of the year because there's so much of it. Right. They love this gameplay. They love this world. They're going through it. And so it's like while you have these different ranges of experience, you also have different ranges of what you come to games for. You know, right? And everybody has a different sort of. But what what I'm what I think is interesting is, I mostly come to games for good stories, mm-hmm. or at at the very least, interesting. See that that's where it comes down because Cuphead is one of my favorite games of the year. Mm-hmm. It has a beautiful art style and there's a lot to love about it. It doesn't have a story, right? I don't come to that game for that, dude. The devil. Came in, they gambled their their souls away. It's uh, listen, King Dice, he's incredible. But uh, that's where I'm saying Destiny Two falls by the wayside for me, and I can't put my finger on why. Well, you're more of a story guy, and yeah, but but that's what I'm trying to say. Mario Odyssey and Cuphead, I don't care about the stories, right? But they're gonna be on my list. Where, what is the distinction? I cannot figure it out. Because is it just that there's not enough interesting stuff to talk about? Is that what it is? Like, for example, Cuphead and, and Mario, right? I feel like both very, even when nothing's going on, everything's very still interesting. The characters are still very interesting. Is it, maybe it's also it's more cartoony, so it, it's more but how the hell do appealing. I, how do I play 80 hours of Destiny? Yeah, and, and not like really it like that it. much. Like I, I, is it? But here's the other question: Destiny is a very social game for me. Mm-hmm. I, I probably played Destiny for about five of those eighty hours by myself. Okay, seventy-five hours with my friends. Maybe that's maybe the reason you like so it. So am I just enjoying it because I'm playing it with friends? That could be, man. I think I think, for example, my opinion would be a lot of those first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. I find enjoyment in the multiplayer aspect. I I wouldn't play Call of Duty on my own. I wouldn't play, right. you know. Um, you know, and I and I have played Halo on my own, but now if someone wants to play Halo, like yeah. it would be multiplayer. I, I wouldn't really pick up those games. I, I think I, I think the it, Destiny in and of itself is like psychologically produced. Mm-hmm. Like it is, 
it's almost like you know how they say coca-cola is like tweaked by scientists that know how your chemicals in your brain work to make you yeah, enjoy yeah. it it's almost like they did that with destiny where it's like they're giving you just enough of the treadmill to keep going and you're having fun with your friends along the way so it's like i'm i will never disparage anybody that destiny 2 is their favorite game of the year because guess what i played a shitload of it i loved right. it but it, it leaves a hollow feeling after the fact where, number one, you never want to go back. I, I, the new expansion got announced. It's out in like two weeks. I'm not going back to it. And then it also just leaves you with what the hell is there to talk about? Right. You know? I, I, but here's the thing. that I'm, and, and, and a lot of this isn't me saying, tell me the answers. This is like us just talking about it. But... It does not... So, you're talking to your friends along the way. So, is that why I have no need to talk about it after? Because I come to you, we play single-player games. Right, and we come, and we come here yeah, exactly. and do a podcast and talk about them. Yeah. That's our interaction about the games. But I think that's just who we are in the video games that we, we yeah, enjoy. But, we want a little bit... Again, this is going to sound super pretentious, and that's not what I want to uh, come across as, but we like... You know, some sort of story, some sort of thing that we can kind of chew on. I I understand where you're coming from, and I agree with you for the most part. But you cannot argue with the fact that Cuphead is one of my favorite games of the year, and there's not much, there's no story there. There's yeah. nothing to chew on. That's why I'm. That's why I keep coming back to it and saying I don't think so. But I'm trying to sort it out for me because I should just take it at face value and say. I had a great time with Destiny 2. It should be on my list. Mm -hmm. I had a great time. I played it a lot. What is it about Cuphead then? How about that? What about Cuphead? Is it that... Cuphead just did something I've never seen before with the art style. Yeah, it could be, it could be the novelty. I mean, that art and style... It, and it has that gameplay... Aesthetic that, of the year, definitely. Yeah, but it has the gameplay of... It's that old school style gameplay. Like, like Contra. Like, it, it's Contra like meets Mega Man. Yeah, That's yeah. what it's like. And it's... it's absolutely fantastic and th there's more to talk about in because it's so interesting mm -hmm. you know what i mean right i cannot think of anything that i want to talk about in destiny yeah i think part of it could be i mean i think destiny um beautiful beautiful game and and we've talked about this like when it comes to first person shooters like the gameplay and the controls are absolutely fantastic they're excellent yeah but Maybe that's all there is to talk about. Maybe it's just revolutionizing because just of fun to play. because of because of that. Whereas Cuphead, you know, like you said, the characters are interesting. And not to say that the characters in Destiny aren't interesting, but like the characters. I would say and, that. Um, <laughs> I would absolutely say <laughs> that they're not interesting. Then the characters in Cuphead, like you know, it's it's mostly all just boss fights, and like it's just it's just an interesting, unique sort of experience. So maybe the reason we like that is because of the novelty. Whereas Destiny isn't as novel anymore, but and this is just my two cents I could be completely wrong I don't know but but Cuphead at least was yeah. something that anybody that saw Cuphead or anybody that knows about Cuphead can say never seen that in a game before that's really really cool mm. if everybody did it it would lose its I speciality I don't know I want to go away from this for one second and go back to my movie comparison that I was talking about before because mm -hmm. I think an interesting thing to consider is when we were talking about action movies versus like real you know good what the critics would say the best movies of the year right mm -hmm. so 
there's a big distinction there and it's based mostly on the actual like content of the film right mm -hmm. like there's not a lot of depth to the characters in action movies yada yada the writing's not as good here we go right in games i think of uncharted which is literally an action movie it's actually based on indiana Jones. Right, yeah. you know what i mean like it is a super action movie and that is every year that it comes out it's on game of the year list mm -hmm. so i think it's interesting to compare the two and say action movie action movie in games it's super important so is that is that a criticism of storytelling in games in general huh. or are those action movies given more time to breathe because they're 10 hours instead of an hour and a half so you get to know the characters more and they're actually better stories all right well that's a that's a fair point but what's the you know the, i don't know which one is right because it could just be hey there aren't a lot of great stories in games that could be it too i i mean when we think about this we think of the history of games right I mean, when we talk about our favorite games, the fact that our lists are very, very comparable, maybe that, and, and we have the same likes and we have the same mm -hmm. interests, maybe that just shows maybe a good game and a good story in game is very, very far and few between. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's why we can talk about games and, you know, oh, Dan, you would like this game. Let's play it. Oh, dude, I love that game. Yeah, I knew you would. You know, maybe it's just like gaming in general. And not to say that, that there isn't a lot of great games with great stories, but right. when you look at the whole market, maybe storytelling isn't as... The games that we play, we play for story and are profound to what us, I, but maybe yeah. as a whole... What I will say is that games are moving in the direction of open world, right? Mm -hmm. A or lot of open world yep. games. You know, like Shadow of War came out this year. Oh, I mean, Legend of Zelda too. Sort of, yeah, yeah, well, I'm just saying open worlds are huge right now. You had you have GTA, you had Watch Dogs 2 last year, you have um, Ghost Recon earlier this year. They're all in the same open world sandbox, like, here's what kind of games they are. Mm -hmm. I'm sure within those games, there are good stories. But if it's uneven, it's harder to get through the parts that are not interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you're talking about, a sh that's why we play a lot of shorter games that are story heavy because they're very good throughout because they don't stick around too long, mm -hmm. you know? I think of, uh, did you play Alien Isolation? Oh yeah, I loved it, yeah. Stuck around for an extra 12 hours that made it a worse game. Oh really? I love Alien Isolation. But the beginning, the, the, the part of that game that was awesome is... Being, it felt like you, you were, were in the movie. Being, yeah, you were in. The you were in the movie. The set design was incredible. You're talking about being stalked by the alien. Yeah. But then when it keeps happening and it keeps killing you over and over, and the game just goes on and on, it's like it detracted from it hugely. Mm -hmm. If that was an eight-hour game, it would be one of my favorite games. But it was like twenty hours. Maybe it, maybe that's just the games in general. Sometimes maybe it's content versus quality. You know. But it has to it has to maintain throughout. That's why I think Near right now is one of my favorite games of the year so mm -hmm. far, and it's maintained. It's gotten more interesting as the game has gone on, and it's gotten better. Okay. And mechanically, it's changed. So it's like you. It, it's not that long games aren't as interesting. It's that you need some variation and and or some excellent storytelling. Mm -hmm. 
in order to you know maintain a full interest in that game yeah. you know you know what i was thinking of uh, going back to like what we were talking about with movies versus games there are a lot of movies that i like for their style not because they're a good story okay you know i think the movie drive i love drive yeah I feel like every time you say something, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that. Oh, I love that. Too. Yeah, it's just like... You're very agreeable. <laughs> but Drive is all style, mm -hmm. not a lot of substance. It's just action. But that is what it's going for, and it's yeah. great at it. I think of games like Bastion that are so stylish, so stylish, and the story has some intrigue, just like Drive has some intrigue. Or, like, I, I really like John Wick. Okay. John Wick is an incredible movie, and it is super stylish. There's no plot, but what there is is intrigue in the world. So when when I don't know, you haven't seen John. Wick? I haven't seen John Wick. No. He goes to this hotel that is like four assassins, and it makes you like think about the world that they're in, and like this is like some like weird like dystopian world. You know, it, it makes you think about it. It doesn't. It doesn't then say, we're going to explain to you the origins of this hotel and how the assassins are, became like, you know, they're basically like superheroes in this world. And it's like, no, we're not doing that. Because a lot of times what's left unsaid is what's interesting. And that's, I mean, that's why we like a lot of the movies that we like, like Blade Runner and yeah. stuff like that. We, this is like, we said Blade Runner, do a shot at home because we always talk about Blade Runner. <laughs> but... I think games do that a lot, but what games don't do a lot is tell the good story. Yeah, they know how to do the tone and the intrigue. I think Bastion is a masterclass. In mm -hmm, that. Definitely, it has the tone and the style, and it has some interesting questions of like what happened to the world before. But it's never answered, and that's okay. I'm alright with that in a story, even a good story. But it, if you take the plot of Bastion and write it down, not interesting. Mm -hmm. It's because it has the style, and it's because it has the intrigue that you like that. So, I'm just—I I just wanted to throw that in as like an interesting way of thinking about what we like about movies versus yeah. games, because you know we talked a lot about stories and games mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And and I just wanted to say I think there's wh where I say The Last of Us is all plot, no nuance. Wolfenstein is both. Mm -hmm. I think there are games that are just style and nuance. Well, I think, would, would you agree that Cuphead was like that? Cuphead was like that, but Cuphead is different because it's... Cuphead is like all gameplay, though. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about the, the stories in the game. Like, Cuphead purposefully does not have a story. Just like the old Mario games purposefully don't really have right. a story. It's like... What are you doing in Super Mario World, which is, you know, one of our favorite games ever? What are you doing in it? Getting to the end of a, of a level, and they're saying, princess, the princess. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's the, there's no story. Yeah. So it's like, you don't need the good story to be a good game. True. But if you don't have a good story, you better be really good at the gameplay. And that's fair. It's really, Mega Man. Right, you're yeah, Mega yeah no, too. you're right, yeah. Because right, when you think of our favorite games that are purely based on gameplay alone, like I said, Mega Man, Mario, any of those games, Contra, you know, any of those games, you're right. It's those. It's the gameplay alone. And Cuphead falls into that vein, 
But what those games do is they have they have the gameplay and then they have other things that make you love them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the secrets in Super Mario World and the graphics and the like the art style and the music. That's if it was just gameplay it would still be great. It wouldn't be the one of our favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at Cuphead, it's the art style, right, of it's course. the music, it's that totally unique, incredible hand-drawn art. If you just had the gameplay of Cuphead, still enjoyable, not the same game. So that's why I'm saying, I think what Destiny does right is it has the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And it has the social links to say, hey, you're going to play with your friends, and the gameplay's fun enough that you talking to your friends over the story is why you're here. You're not here for the story to listen to your friends. If you are, go with God, but (laughs) that story is no bueno. Uh, But basically what I'm getting at is Destiny has the gameplay and it has some interesting things, but it doesn't have the the hook that a game like Cuphead has. Where Cuphead has the gameplay and it's also... It has something that makes you love it. The way I'm, I'm feeling it right now, I feel like it's some sort of like pendulum. You know what I mean? Like it's either it swings to amazing story or swings to you know amazing gameplay, graphics, mm-hmm. music, whatever. And it feels like Destiny just kind of falls right in the. Well, not necessarily. I think what you're. I, I get. I get where you're coming from with that. But what I'm saying actually is, if you're on the spectrum of gameplay, if your gameplay's up here. But everything else is here. Your average is here. Mm. With Cuphead, his gameplay is up here. It has more interesting things like the like the music and the art style, which averages it out to be better. Okay. Where Destiny just has the gameplay and nothing else. And nothing else that, for me. Some people might like the sci-fi story in it. Right, right. And and I will say that world, that universe, is very cool. It's good looking. But it doesn't have the hooks, mm-hmm. you know? If, if, if it was the same gameplay and it had, like, some story beats of, like, Prey or something like that, I, I would never stop playing it. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I want... It's like my... Everything in me wants to love Destiny, but it's just not a lovable game. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. And, and you know what? I, and I, I totally... Uh, I didn't play Destiny 2. I played the first Destiny... And I thought it was beautiful. I thought the gameplay was great. And after 10 hours of doing the same thing over and over again, wasn't playing any multiplayer just by myself, didn't pick it up. Destiny 2 came out. I said, nah, not, not, yeah. not for me. Not, I think you're safe to pass I, on that. Um, that's but, something that I... Uh, but lots of people got a ton of enjoyment out Listen, of I know people that have legit played thousands of hours of Destiny. Yeah. Like thousands and thousands of hours. And they, they swear by it. And they say it's the best game we ever played. Um... And that's totally cool, you know? Definitely, go for it. More power the, to you. The, the crux of what I wanted to talk about was the enjoyment versus the criticism. Mm-hmm. And I think if I'm being fair to Destiny, I say I enjoyed it while I played it. And if I were to criticize it while I was playing it, I would say it's a very good game. The lasting appeal and the fact that it did not stick in my brain for one second yeah. after I put the controller down it says all that needs to be said. You know, these games, the games that I love, stick around. I'm talking about, I'm 
I played um, Breath of the Wild in March. Mm -hmm. It's still one of my favorite games of the year. It's, yeah. one, it's one of my favorite Zelda games ever. Mm -hmm. And I think about it all the time. Yeah. Well, I see. I'd be curious, as like, because before you were looking at you know your games of the year since two thousand seven, I'm curious how many games on that list still stick in your brain, or like, I wonder, like, well, th that when we do that list, we'll talk about that because those games were picked in twenty seventeen. Those games, I did not, I did not go back and do in two thousand seven. Write up my top ten games of the year. So the games that are my top ten of two thousand seven are games that stuck in my brain. Otherwise, oh, they wouldn't be written down. Gotcha. If I wrote the, a list in tw 2007, I can guarantee. I thought it was. Oh, that's, I thought that's what it did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That would be great if I could. They said, I wonder. Like, you know, I just wonder when we talk about lasting power. It's interesting yeah. to look. You know, it's even when we talk about like Mario Odyssey, and we're going to be like, oh well, you know, where does it fit on the Mario games? I wonder ten years from now if we still feel as you know what I mean. Like it's just it's just all hindsight because we'll never you know really know. But hey, I'll tell you. I'll be the first one to tell you. Back back in the day, some of the games, some of my fairy games during those times, I have no love for anymore. Yeah. The original Assassin's Creed, I adored, mm -hmm. which is insane because nobody liked that one. They all liked two. I love the original Assassin's Creed, and as the years went on, I said, "Why the hell did I even yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. It sucks." I, I play, started to play two. I was like, "I don't like this game at all." And you know, I know everyone, everyone out there loves Assassin's Creed too, but so sorry. But yeah, it's just it's interesting, and and I don't know, if, I don't think we have an answer on it because we're human beings and we're emotional creatures, and I think we just kind of <laughs> we like what we like, and you know, <laughs> what can I say? All right, well, on, on that beautiful note, you're a poet. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. we're going to call an episode here. Um, thank you all for watching. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace. What's up, guys? It's Dan from Circle Back. Uh, I'm just here to let you know you can find everything that we do at circlebackgaming.com. If you just want the podcast, we're on iTunes. If you just want the video, we're on YouTube. So catch us either place. Thanks.